In this episode of Balance of the Christian Life, I say thank you. Welcome to Balancing the Christian Life. I'm Dr. Kenny Embry. Join me as we discover how to be better Christians and people in the digital age. My wife is in the hallway mopping the floor. It's the first day of our Thanksgiving break, and she smiled as she told me she was going to do some serious cleaning today. She even splurged and got a new mop for the occasion. She's energized as she cleans the grime with the mop. I must confess, I just don't get it. I've heard you often marry your opposite, and in some ways, that's what Katie is. Destroying dirt and clobbering clutter energizes her. (laughs) Not me. I often don't see what she does. Where she sees a place of ruin and devastation, I see something that looks good enough. This is a place where we could find fights and conflict, and we have before. But as I get older, I appreciate the difference. Wherever we are, I know Katie will keep it clean and orderly. And her fixation is a difference that makes me better. For the last three years, I've used this opportunity in the podcast to highlight some ways I'm thankful during the Thanksgiving holiday. And I think that's a tradition worth keeping. The challenge to being grateful is looking at the world with different eyes. This year, for me, has been especially challenging. In the last week, well, really last semester, I've been stressed about work. I'm staring down a pile of work that just won't end and instead multiplies. None of that is good. And sometimes it's hard to be grateful for problems and catastrophes. But gratitude allows us to see our challenges as opportunities. I know There's a Pollyanna sensibility about that that I'm always a little skeptical about. However, I also know that changing perspective really does change things. My wife both hates and loves seeing dirt around the house. She is disgusted by the filth, but it's also her opportunity to clean. And for some odd reason, that makes her happy. The value of gratitude is how it changes you. God isn't made better because I'm grateful, but I am. I recognize the gifts he gives and that he is truly a good gift giver. There are many who talk about how to respond gratefully. My buddy Emerson talks about the three levels of gratitude in level one, we recognize the things we receive which inspire gratitude. In level two, we express that gratitude specifically to God. And finally, in level three, we recognize the gift, the gift giver, then pay it forward by serving someone else or trying to serve God in a way that shows our appreciation. All three of those levels make sense and help us become better And I heartily recommend that way of thinking. But this year, I just want to say some things I've been thinking for a while. And maybe you can relate. First, I want to thank God for not giving me what I deserve. The struggle of all Christians is recognizing we don't really deserve much. We all play the comparison game where we look to see how good someone else has it or how bad off somebody else is. 
and then see where we are in relation. In Luke 18, Jesus tells the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, where the Pharisee thanks God he is not like the other people, while the tax collector begs for mercy because he recognizes his shortcomings. I remember listening to a sermon where the preacher talked about the hypocrisy of the Pharisee and the problem of offering his prayer. Wouldn't you know it, the person who led the closing prayer thanked God we were not like the Pharisee. (laughs) That's a pretty funny story until I recognize I do exactly the same thing. At the risk of falling into the same trap, Let me be thankful for my health, my family, and for rewarding work. And in the spirit of level three gratitude, let me promise to serve others better by being more encouraging where I can be. I don't deserve any of that stuff, but God has given it to me. I am not entitled to a loving family nor to the lifestyle I've become used to. (laughs) This semester, I've been teaching a course I created called Digital Literacy. And in that course, one of the main messages I tell my students is they are not victims of the internet or really much else. We have choices. Yes, TikTok videos are addictive, but you can choose to put the phone down or close the app. That doesn't mean it's not difficult, but when you know your choices, you have the power to choose a different outcome. We have been given many great gifts, which are wonderful servants and terrible masters. Second, I'm grateful for simple things. This past week, I received two cards from students Neither of them were holiday cards. One simply said she had noticed things were hectic for me and thought a card would cheer me up. In a way, it did. I've been heads down working on projects for the university that I oftentimes forget who I'm doing it for. Yes, I'm doing it for a paycheck and to keep the house where we live. But I also do it for the students in my classroom. The way life works, we can often miss the simple connections which make each other better. One card that meant something to me, a kind word, or just noticing someone else's struggle can mean more than I probably realize. In some ways, I equate the level of effort with its significance. I mean, just saying something nice doesn't take much time or creativity, so it surely can't mean much, can it? (laughs) James tells us, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. It's easy to be scared of the sin, but I think the other way of looking at this passage is to the one who knows the good thing to do and does it, well, that's a blessing. And good things aren't hard to figure out. Christianity isn't hard to understand. And I'm grateful for that. 
I'm also grateful I can see God in simple stuff. My wife has gotten into the habit of flashing a huge fake smile when I look in her direction. Why? (laughs) Well, partially it's because she knows I like seeing her smile. And when I call out the fakeness of the smile, I get a real one. I like knowing my wife is happy. I like seeing her smile, even when it is fake. I also like seeing my children grow up into decent people. I have mentioned I am teaching a class on Genesis at church, and this past week, I was able to convince my 19-year-old son, Jake, to teach a class session on Joseph. He was nervous, but he did it anyway. And he did a very good job. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for people who say, thank you. I'm grateful for cold water. I'm grateful for restful sleep. I'm grateful for clean sheets and times of silence. I'm grateful for crying babies on Sunday morning in the congregation. I'm grateful for parents who love their children. I'm grateful for songs that get stuck in my head and I finally figure out what they really mean. I'm grateful for the peacefulness I get in the middle of the night around 3.30 when I go to type on my computer and hear nothing but the ice maker dump ice. And I'm grateful for God who shows me beauty in simplicity. Finally, I'm thankful for people in my life, who make things better. That's people like you who listen and let me know how it's helped. It's also students who aren't like me, who make me think harder about why I believe what I do believe. I'm grateful for colleagues who simply see I need help and do it. I'm grateful for others who gain nothing by being kind to me and do exactly that. I'm grateful for several friends who helped me make some crazy conference work in late July. Speakers, organizers, and attendees who all took a chance we could make something really good. And I think we did. And I'm grateful for friends who challenged me I have found so much help in talking with people who don't see like I do to understand what I believe and why. I worry too much agreement causes us to put ourselves in echo chambers. That's just not good. If you've helped me think more, question more, and grow more, thank you. I've heard blessings described as anything that draws you near to God and a curse as anything that draws you away. And this year, I feel blessed. My wife is still attacking the dirt in the hallway with that mop. It's a problem that she's dealing with. But she finds joy in the struggle. And there's something about that that I find very beautiful. I know this sounds like a corny exercise, 
but give yourself a few minutes today and just think about the things and people who make you thankful. If you're having a hard time doing that, let me suggest it's probably because you're not looking hard enough or are just out of practice. If all you can find out is what's wrong, what's not working, what's terrible, let me ask you to look deeper. That seems to me to be exactly what Paul is asking us to do in Philippians 4. And it's just a good place to start thinking. I'm grateful we have a time of the year when we simply devote ourselves to being thankful for each other and to each other. Finally, I'm also thankful for those who give back to the podcast because they found some value in it. It makes a huge difference to me to both have the financial means to do this, but also a tangible show of support for it. People like Kevin Hansen, Sean Heifel, Don Nietzsche, George Sanchez, and Hoover, Barbara McElwain, and my parents. Thank you for what you do. Next time on the program, I have a conversation with Alan Malone about his work as a foreign missionary and what we can learn from his experience. He also taught me why just giving money may not be a good idea. It was a conversation that opened my eyes to something I didn't really understand before. So until next time, let's be good and do good.